Bill Krakenberger joins us in studio. I love when we get a chance to do this a couple of times a month. Uh, he's been traveling a lot, doing a bunch, but Crack, good to see you. And I saw you at the fight up front. I was behind you. You had the best seat in the house. Uh, I thought it was until they put the chairs up there like Goodfellas. Uh, like in Goodfellas, like when they put the chair in there and they put it in front of everybody. I had first row, uh, A row, and they put the uh, the old AA row in for Floyd and his buddies. And, you know, it's funny. When Floyd came in, he came in with these big, giant bodyguards. I was like, oh, no, these guys are going to sit right in front of me. Everyone was like, excited. hey, Floyd, me, I'm pissed. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to sit right in front of me? I got row A. It was only for Floyd and this kid, so it was really cool. That's great because his bodyguards travel with him, but on a night like tonight or an NBA game, they don't have enough seats for Floyd's entourage. What blew me away was you sat right next to Kawhi Leonard coming off the NBA title and going to the Clippers. No athlete in the world has gotten more coverage than him in the last month. That's amazing because my guys that, that I'm involved with told me that after the fact. Uh, I didn't say a word to him the, the first 20 minutes or so, and then when Floyd came over and gave me a little fist pump because I know Floyd from the M Casino. Back in the day, Floyd used to actually, uh, when the M first opened, Canter Gaming came to town. They were taking over the world. They were the next best thing. And uh, I used to go 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, the only person in the VIP room of certain days was Floyd. He used to jog there, have the car, you know, follow him as he jogged to the from Southern Highlands down to the M. And he used to jog back and call the car up. So it was just literally me and Floyd, 7 o'clock in the morning. So I got to know him. Good rapport. Always very respectful. Um, I always thought he got a bad rap, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. from a lot of people. He, he was pretty – I've always seen him nothing but respectful. Restaurants, out in front right. of public. He's always been respectful as far as I've seen. So um, – so me and Floyd had a little fist pump talk for a second. We talked about some sports betting at the end. That's when all of a sudden Kawhi said, well, let me ask him a question because he didn't understand. He actually says to me, he goes, so yo, man, wh who, who's favorite in the fight? He didn't know. I told him Pacquiao, and, he, and I said Pacquiao by one, one, minus 170. And then rightly so, he shouldn't know about this. He didn't know what the money line meant. So I explained to him, mine, and you have to lay $170 to win 100. And if you bet the other side, you bet Brown, you bet um, Thurman, you get one, 150 for every 100 you bet. So I explained it to him a little bit. He was real cool. I put a couple of videos up. I'm not usually like that. I really don't. I'm not really a guy that takes pictures with stars and celebrities, but you know, I said let me let me take a, I put a couple of videos up of, of Floyd. I said action here. We're we're in the middle of action, and the action was coming in. They were coming in the ring, and then unbelievably, Kawhi asked me a picture. I mean, asked me. I'm sorry, asked me a question in the middle of the video. So I have him asking me a question <laughs> in the middle of the video, and um, it was just pretty cool. Then I find out after after because I didn't know. You know, I do a lot of totals bet in the in the NBA. Not a lot of NBA sides. I really didn't know um, how popular he was as far as he doesn't give a lot of interviews. He's shy no, from the press. All. I didn't know that. I yeah, just doesn't talk like, at all. Doesn't talk at all. He's having a press conference coming up. People literally go months without hearing him talking. He barely talks in front of his locker room with mandatory media. He's just a quiet guy. Wow, and he was quiet all throughout the night. Yeah. Only talking to Floyd. Now, you picture, Floyd's right in front of me. He's to my right. So... Now, they're on a night when they're talking, they're leaning literally in front of me talking to each other. So it was kind of cool. I was hearing some of the conversations. And I don't know if I, I'm, not, I, I'm only going to repeat a couple things. Some things could have been private. Floyd did give me his phone to hand to Kwai to put the num <laughs> his new number in. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. So he put his new number in the phone and handed it back to Floyd. Um, but uh, one other thing they talked about was uh, Kwai was mentioning how cold it was in Toronto. 
and how he just didn't like the cold weather up there. And uh, also, the, he said something about taxes. There was a, a huge wow. tax rate in Canada. Yeah, different tax rate, big one. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt, for an so, NBA so player. So they're, they're taking up to 50%, and... and um, I hate to put the business in the street, but he was just saying how he gets back about 30% of it, you know. But it was pretty cool. to I didn't know that. I didn't know they, take, they tax more for you being an American or Yeah, whatever. it's crazy. Yeah. And then you get taxed in the NBA as you go from city to city. It's really elaborate. Bill Krakenberger in studio, the professional sports gambler. He's fabulous. Uh, crackwins.com. And you caught a great fight. And for the hundreds of fights that I've been to, I always say this. I always go in optimistic that it's going to be a great fight. This one I nailed. I thought it would be a split decision for Pacquiao. Wow. And I thought it would be a great fight, not a good fight. And it happened that way. You sat ringside for a great fight on a night that you saw Pacquiao really get this whole community buzzing again. What was your takeaway from the whole night in general? What did you like about fights it? fights all the time. You know, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so good uh, friends and I'm so close to Teddy Atlas. I usually go to te- with Teddy to a lot of the fights. Teddy was in Bristol covering it uh, for SportsCenter. But uh, I score fights when I go to them. So uh, I actually put a little note on my phone every, every round what it was. I had it 115-112 uh, for Pacquiao. Uh, I actually did bet a little bit of money on Thurman. Sure. I thought Thurman at plus 155, which Coast Casinos had, was a a, a good, really good buy. It was like the the, the peak of the market, um, but I, I didn't bet much on it. a few hundred bucks, just five hundred bucks, just to fool around. Uh, I thought it was a good value, but uh, early in the early at, early actually, I liked Pacquiao when it was early. I said that on on, on uh, another network. Um, but what do I think? I think it was a great action packed fight. And listen, he caught him off guard. Pacquiao caught Thurman off guard a little bit in the first round. I had I had Thurman winning that round up until he got knocked down. So now it's a, from it goes from a 10-9 Thurman round to a 10-8 Pacquiao round. That was a difference in the fight. Absolutely. You know, you're a value guy, and you're shopping these prices. That's what our listeners are fascinated with you when you're on action and you're on Showtime. Talk about how you're looking at your computer screen, looking for different numbers that are moving around town, and how you're able to pounce because you're the best in the business at that. Sure. You know, I, I always have my, my, my laptop or my, or my uh, iPad with me looking at live lines, especially during college football, college basketball. And I, I actually did have it the day of the fight, too. I just left it in my car um, because I know that up until the, last, up until the, the actual closing minutes of the, of the bell, and I know you can get really good value. And people don't know this, too. There are certain places that have live wagering on boxing. You can bet between rounds, and I'm sure that's going to be coming to the, uh, the, the sports books here because of the pressure of all the uh, European books that are doing live wagering also. Um, so it, it, when I see a line, I just, I'm more betting value. There's no, uh, I have no allegiance to anyone. My only allegiance is my bankroll, which I've said before. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be a New York Mets fan growing up because everyone in my house were Yankee fans growing up back east. I was just, but that that was just to, to be contrarian wise. But um, now I have no allegiance to anything. Uh, I just go by numbers. When Pacquiao was minus one hundred five, minus one ten, I thought he was a crafty veteran. He definitely had uh, ten more years on him, but still, he's a veteran. He's fought a lot more uh, company than than uh, tougher tougher company than than uh, Thurman did. I thought that was the right play. But then again, when it moved to one seventy five, I thought. That the value was on Thurman, uh, and I also put a little a couple bucks on the draw, twenty-two to one, which almost unbelievably almost came out. So, yeah, that's what I do. I try to get the best value. That that's that's the key to what I do. And there's no, 
There's no sweat factor. If you win or lose, okay, if you lose, it doesn't mean that I have to bet the next thing that's on that night. I know in the end, the more volume I play, the times the small edge that I have will equal X amount of dollars per year. Crack joins us in studio. Thrilled to have him here. Let's stay with the fight. You went out to dinner with Thurman yes. after he lost the fight. Yes. That, uh, that fascinates me because he did his job trash-talking leading up to the fight. He's supposed to. He has to help sell tickets in the pay-per-view. That's part of his job. And Pacquiao... Does zero trash talking. So after that, he lost. He was, I thought, very respectful in defeat. What was he like at dinner? Oh, very humble. First time I met him. Very humble, very respectful with his wife. Um, he actually went to church on Sunday. I mean, he's just a really good guy, good, respectful. Uh, and, and, you know, he took pictures with anyone that wanted pictures. And he just talks about um, just, just he, he liked to get a rematch, of course. Uh, I, I think he's going to make a lot of money here with the pay-per-view when it's all done and over the numbers. I think he was guaranteed $2 million or $2.5 mm-hmm. million. But with the numbers, he's probably going to make more towards $10 million. And I think that they'll see this next time, and they may have a rematch. But then again, I'll tell you something I've seen being, you know, with Floyd in front of me all night. Boy, I tell you, I think Floyd was looking for a really good showing from Pacquiao, which he got. And I would be willing to bet some money. Down the line, there will be Floyd coming out of retirement for a Pacquiao fight. Bill Krakenberger, you're guaranteed you're right on that, and here's why. I believe that Floyd is going to run out of all of his money, and that's not a disrespected shot. I'm just confident because of the amount of money he spends and his lifestyle that he's going to need the money. And the same thing with Pacquiao, who spends it in his country, handing it out, giving it away as charity, and they need to make money. That's the lifestyle of a boxer. The problem is for Floyd, he won't take... Bill, a warm-up fight. He's not going to fight a tomato can. You see at Southern Highlands that 50-0 and 0, right. uh, billboard. Big sign. So yep. he's not going to fight another guy before Pacquiao and potentially lose. Right. So he's going to fight Pacquiao without a warm-up fight. And you were sitting seat 1A as Pacquiao looked as good as he's looked in 10 years. Isn't that a big risk for Money Mayweather? Well, I'll tell you. To see... Uh, let, 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 let's say something that I think Teddy Atlas said it the best, though. He said, you know, uh, Pacquiao was a Ferrari tonight. Just the problem was what kind of gas was he using? Uh, because of the no v- VADA testing and yep. stuff, I think that Floyd would require something like that. Floyd's no dummy. One of the smartest, skilled, uh, mentally fighters, too, around. Very calculated. I think that the testing we done would be done properly, and I'd be willing to bet on Floyd again. I think a lot of people would bet on Floyd again, but there's got to be more ring rust than he's ever had in his entire career, and he's old with ring rust. Tom Brady's getting older, but he has no ring rust because he's always out there. Floyd has more. The other thing is you had a buddy who flew in for this fight. Tell the story when you picked him up at the private jet airport. What was this all about? So a buddy of mine, like I said, I was going to this particular fight, Teddy wasn't in town. I said, you know what? I'm just going to watch it on pay-per-view at my friend's house. My friend has a really nice house, a nice setup. I said, I'll go watch it over there we're getting food catered and then the day before the fight a buddy of mine from california calls me and says listen uh i'm flying in on the private jet and i'm gonna go to the fight uh i have to go to the casino first and deposit some money i'm going to the fight i got first row seats you want to go i said oh, of course i'll go with your first row great and uh so I actually, he goes, well, I can't, I couldn't get in the executive airport. You can't just drive in. He says, you have to take the limo from the casino. So I took the limo. I, you know, met him at the airport. <laughs> and as I meet him, I, I just couldn't believe he has these giant bags with him, two bags. I just, you know, I, I'm not even thinking he's a cash player. He's not a credit player. Um, and, he, you know, he's legit, though. He owns these marijuana, he owns a marijuana distribution company that 
that sells to all these marijuana places. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm green as grass about this. He yep. sells to the marijuana places in in California. Uh, he he grows it, a grower, right. or whatever He's it a may grower, be. Right. Giant grower, giant. It's all cash business too. It's federally illegal still, so it's a cash business. So um, he he comes in with three million in cash, and I said to him. You're going to get me killed? People die for this kind of money. People die for $3 million. Him, dollars. I, I don't know. I thought he's coming in with like half a million, million. You're coming in with $3 million? Are you out of your mind? He said, well, I, I got to bring cash. That's what I have. The, the banks won't take the money. They won't take that kind of money. Uh, it's just it's amazing, really, seeing something like this. So what Going is that cage, process? What's it like? He, he did have a... Um, now, I flew in with him. He had another limo come in. I'm sorry. I didn't fly in with him. I drove to the airport. He flies in. Another car comes in behind me. He had a security guy from inside. But I'll be honest with you. I haven't told no one this yet. Security guard's like 65 years old. I mean, you can blow him over with a good gust of wind. I can't believe that's the guy they sent. So, anyway, yeah, so... He, he, he got the security guard. They come in. They put the money in the limo. And I, I was going to take a picture of it, but I don't even want to do it. He said, go ahead. I don't care. I, I almost did it. But that would be more like a, like a Vegas Dave thing. I don't, I don't brag like so that. So what you know? type of gambler carries that much of cash? And then take me through once they deposit it in the cage. Do they go right to the best the, suite? Do they go to dinner? The what reason happens? why he, he, he brought so much in is because they asked him. They, they gave him on every million, he got 20000 So he got 60000 in promo chips. He got the front row seats to the fight. And he got a beautiful suite. And... Uh, you know, when, when you the more you bring in, the more of a prom, upfront promo you're going to bring, and the limits. So if he only brought a million in, he would get one hand at fifty thousand max. Where now he got three hands at fifty thousand max. As a matter of fact, if you look back in my Twitter, you'll see I actually taped a hand where he had a six hundred thousand dollar swing. It's on my Twitter live right there at MGM. I actually videotaped the hand. And it's about like four or five months ago, but it's it's on my Twitter. It got like a hundred thousand hits. So in order to bet that much, you have to bring that much. Um, it, it's it, the reason why is that if you're going to bet that high, they want a chance to beat you for a lot of money. That's the reason why. There's there's all thought process behind it by accounting firms on on the casino side. They don't want you just to come in and take a shot and hit and run. They actually want to make you uh, bring a ton of money in or have a giant credit line. So they let you bet that much, but they want to be able to beat you also for that much. Bill Krakenberger, it's unbelievable. So when someone comes in with that type of money, here's the hook to fight night. I've been saying this from the first time I went to a Tyson fight. If we didn't have that fight that night, there's a really good chance your buddy doesn't come here with $3 million. No, zero chance. Bingo. Zero chance. He wasn't coming. Yeah, he wasn't coming. He, he goes, he gets a better deal at other casinos. So he fly. believe it or not, he flies across the country because he gets some better deals over there. Well, he'll bring, same thing, 2 or $3 million, and they'll give him 100000 in promo just to walk in. That means you're getting a $100,000 head start. Vegas is a little more tough on promo chips at that level. So he finds smaller destinations outside of there, like places like Chicago. He, he's smart. He's no dummy. Granted, though. He plays blackjack. He doesn't count cards or anything. Obviously, they wouldn't let him play. And, you know, he has a good time, and uh, he doesn't always win. He's, he, he was down $12.5 million recently at one corporation, which I'm not going to mention. He got... Ten, he won ten million straight back, ten point two million actually. So now all of a sudden he won ten point two million on four trips. I was with him one of the trips. He won ten point two million. The casino actually said, "You know what? We don't want your business anymore." And he's like, "What do you mean? I'm down two and a half million. Yeah, that was four years ago. Yeah, now you've won four trips in a row. We just don't want your business right now." Incredible to oh, me. Yeah. Crack joins us, and if he does, he ever leave 
leaving the money behind, knowing he's coming back? Or do, do whales like that always take their money well, when they leave just 99% in case? 99% of the gamblers, and I, trust me, he's not the only one. I know someone that's his level. I also know about five guys that are million-dollar credit lines. I'm friends with all of them. Um, I, I met these guys through big tournaments throughout the years, big blackjack or baccarat tournaments when I was actually allowed to play baccarat. Well, blackjack tournaments, some tournament strategy. That's room for a whole new show. But um, so... I have been with those guys, and all I'm friends with about seven. I'll call them whales. They're million dollar or more players. He's the only cash player. Everyone has credit lines, so he's the only one that comes in with that kind of cash. No, some come in with like two hundred thousand in cash or something. You know, a little smaller, nothing big deal. But the key to this story, which I love, everyone, as Bill Krakenberger joins us in studio, is the fact that if we don't have these fights here in Vegas. That's why Jerry Jones wants these fights in Dallas. But your buddy's not going to fly in with $3 million because he can't play at this level and have that type of gaming experience. That's why the Floyd Money Mayweather entire era, along with Pacquiao, has packed out the floor at the MGM Grand for two decades. And before that, Oscar De La Hoya and Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson. We need these fights in this town so we can see those type and hear those type of whale stories. Since the fight, I've done four radio shows, and you're the only one that's so in tune with the pulse that you know to ask those kind of questions. You're absolutely spot on. That is exactly correct. We need these kind of fights to bring these guys in, and the casinos know that. By the way, he lost $1.2 million the first night he was here. So he lost $1.2 million. He did win $1.5 the second Playing day. Playing what? Playing blackjack. Black he lost one point two the first night. Never gambles a night either. He was very upset at himself. He came in, brought some people in, and he, you know he set them up in this beautiful big suites, and he got three suites and uh, set them up and lost one point two. Got back one point five the second night. Actually left a winner of about four hundred thousand. And uh, but you're right. They he, they had a chance to take the whole three million. One point two million. He stuck. It's off to the races. Last brother. one on this. What's it like when a whale loses that type of money? How do they go to bed at night? How do they not get involved specifically with alcohol, food, depression, nightclubs, concerts, and know that they lost all that money? Try to go to sleep down 1.2 and stay focused to wake up the next day, clear head to go win it back. That's all relative, though, bankroll-wise, you know? I mean, I don't know what he has, but I'm sure he doesn't have only $3 million in, a, in, in, yeah. in a safe deposit box. Um, it's, it's all relative to bankroll size. Um, I, I don't think they, they – I think they if they lose, they just negotiate a big rebate for himself. On that, If you lose $3 million, bucks, you're going to get 20% back So in promo chips. Uh, so you negotiate good deals for yourself coming in and going out. And um, I think it's just like everyone else. Listen, he's not the biggest player. I know a guy. I actually don't know him, but I know of, I know a guy that lost a hundred million dollars in two years at Caesars. A hundred million, real real money. And uh, I think, and now it comes out that he actually it's it's in the news now. It came out that he actually stole money from his family's inheritance and stuff. So I mean, um, there's a lot of big mega whales. Those back rooms, not only the VIP area, it's the VIP of VIP in the back rooms that are really uh, have you know having these big guys come in for these type of fights and that's the reason why they could pay these guys so much money to, to, for these fights because um, you know they, they know they host it they know that hey they're going to get the money back ROI. I've been here since 96 and then they're coming back here to move back here in 2009 and I've been blessed with a lot of friends who have taken me behind the scenes to the mansion and to some of the cool suites here in town. But you at a level have friends that come in. I've seen your ultimate suite at the Hard Rock when you stay there. What's that world like for our audience that hasn't stayed in that super suite at the best casinos? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting world. It really is, especially for someone like me with such humble beginnings. Blue, let's just face it, blue collar. I grew up on the Jersey Shore at the boardwalk. You know, uh, it's it's amazing how many contacts and connections I've made, especially among the whales. So um, I've actually traveled with some of the guys. They negotiated things for me. They actually negotiated. Hey, listen, I'm coming to Punta Cana. I'm going down to um, Dominican Republic. I'm bringing Bill Krakenberger. He has to get in the same tournament I'm in because I have a two million dollar credit line. So they put me in the tournament too. Um, and it's only like a forty or fifty man tournament, and and then I stay in their 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 villas. I mean, their their rooms are unbelievable. That's one of the nicest ones I've ever been in. Actually, uh, was in Hard Rock Punta Cana, absolutely ridiculous. Three floors, elevator, overlooking the ocean. Uh, it, it was amazing. And now they're really hurting down there, too, for business. Those places, you know, Punta Cana, Dominican yeah. Republic's really hurting. That was a really cool property. Um, food wasn't so good. I and mean, every time I go to, like, the Bahamas or, or uh, out of the country, <laughs> the food's not that good. I'm used to having that good steak, or they call it carne there, which is very hard yes. to get. Um, so the food, but however, the sweets are unbelievable there. I've been in a lot of them here in Vegas too. The wind has some unbelievable, beautiful sweets out by the, uh, by the golf course, uh, the country club restaurant there in the back. There's some beautiful suites of which one of those villas, Steve Wynn lived in for years. Um, Overlooking the golf course, absolutely every amenity you could possibly think of. The Hard Rock room that that you and I were in that had its, that has had its own swimming pool. Yeah, Not only does that have a six seat, eight seat jacuzzi, it's got a swimming pool in the room. And uh, that was their nicest room, Be- big beautiful bar, three bedrooms. Uh, I've been in that one a, a bunch of times. Um, I was in the the Mirage one over this past week, um, which was it, it's actually one of the original Lanai's that. Uh, a lot of the executives had their big parties when Steve Wynn first bought the, the Mirage and built the Mirage. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's an interesting one. But I still favor the mansions. I love pulling in that back thing, going in the mansions. I eat at that restaurant there. And um, it's just beautiful there. The last three times I was in the mansions, I seen, I seen Paul Anka walking around. I seen Lady Gaga walking her dogs back there. Um, <laughs> it was just really cool, though. Like regular, you know, just All it, from a humble guy from the boardwalk in Atlantic City who yeah. made his name as a professional gambler, and you're rolling with these people. Yeah, 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 it really is. And, you know, before I figure out, I know we, we finished with the fight, but... I actually wrote one of my best articles, I feel, anyway. It's, it's going to be in Gaming Today tomorrow. It's actually going to be on the cover. I wrote about this whole experience of this past weekend from just everything at all, everything we just talked about, about the fight, about the people I was with, going to dinner uh, with, with, with Thurman, and even my humble beginnings. So uh, that's interesting just to know that. You know, I do write for Gaming Today, so that, that it's going to be on the cover. But, yes, uh, going back to the suites, it's a nice perk. It's a nice perk, and... It's funny, but you know, like I, I, my buddy called me every day. Come on over, come on over. We're gonna go to breakfast. Well, I, I think my brain just thinks, okay, we're gonna go to a restaurant. No, no, we're gonna have breakfast in the dining room of the suite with Incredible. the butlers coming in and bringing the food in. I, I wasn't even thinking that. It's like, wow, they just come in with. They just come in and you <laughs> sit down in the suite. Sit down in the water. It's like, wow, it's it's really amazing, an amazing life that uh that 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 these particular whales have, and I'm glad I get to share some of the time, you know, once in a while. Crack joins us. Let's jump in with preseason football. Uh, with, with, I'm embedded with the writers here coming up for the next month, and I'm going to watch how they try to improve on their four wins last year. When you are trying to bet preseason football, I love preseason football because I think there's a lot of value as players are trying to make rosters, and you know certain coaches have to get chemistry going in the preseason while other coaches say, the hell with it, i got to keep my roster safe. How do you go about handicapping these games? Ooh, I'm scared to answer, but I'm going to. You know, uh, the number one key, and I know my guys that are behind me are going to say something like, why are you doing saying this? 
the number one key to beating preseason is just reading. It's simply reading. It's simply not uh, not just sitting back and looking at some lines. It's real simple. Social media. These guys tell on themselves. Especially just just follow like on Twitter. Follow the the coaches. Follow the staff. Follow some of the players. It's amazing the things you can find out on social media. Not even press conference wise, because then it, then everyone would know about. Maybe how long the coach plans to play the the first first series, the first the starters. Um, that is the key to preseason, or even if they're going to play at all. And knowing the second team, how good they are, uh, to step in the starter's shoes to try to prove a point for them to be a starter, or or even to get another, maybe on another team. That's the key to beating preseason football. I do we do a ton of reading. I have a guy that's all he does, 50, 60 hours a week. Matter of fact. Maybe a little bit more during preseason. Fascinating to me. How has that evolved since the advent of social media? Before that, whether whether it's newspapers or you were getting tips, what was that like? People still don't know where to go. So people really don't. You know, the old stories with Billy Walters and Billy Baxter's. Billy Baxter, two friends of mine, they used to actually have guys that worked the train system to go all around the country to grab the papers. This is back in the 70s. and eight. I mean, it's amazing how it has evolved to newspapers and, and, and you know to get local papers and not only local papers. You're not that you're looking for a New York Post to find out things about the New York Post. You're looking at maybe school newspapers for colleges. You're not looking at the local paper. You're looking at the little tiny school newspapers or now school blogs or school different kind of maybe even a pet rally. Things you can find out, little tidbits of information, little nuggets add up to so many things betting-wise down the road. And uh, like I said, my guys are going to probably be upset talking about that, but um, the social media following, and when I say it, I mean Twitter is probably the best for uh, coaches and staff and, and players to talk about things uh, more than like uh, a Facebook or uh, um, you know the other kind yeah. of apps they have with kids. I don't really. All I have is Twitter, so the, the kids follow other things. Um, Instagram. That's that's not. They're not looking to put faces. And Twitter is more gambling information. That's why I, I have a good Twitter handle at Bill Crackman. I do a lot of uh, uh, you know, tweeting every day. My wife says I'm addicted. I probably am. <laughs> Crack joins us. Uh, let's jump in and get into what happened since you're on the Showtime show action and how that changed your life because a lot of people saw it a lot of people saw your style other people's styles who are on that show and profile what did you learn about having a camera crew following you as you were placing bets you know when I did it I wasn't thinking because like Showtime like I, I don't even have Showtime <laughs> I'm sorry to say I, I'm never home why even have Showtime so I wasn't really thinking I think that's a little network I, it's not because uh, doing a lot of traveling recently at the airport you realize that when, when you're going to Vegas from like New from like Newark or Kennedy, people are on the plane the same thing. Are you that guy on action? Are you the guy on HBO? They say HBO. Are you the guy on HBO? That's the number one comment I get. They don't realize it's Showtime. Um, so, <laughs> so to see, uh, and and now my wife finally seen it because. Uh, she traveled with me back east. We went to go see the Rolling Stones. I love concerts, first row concert seats. You I, know, I met my wife at a Rolling Stones really? show at the Hard Rock at the Joint. My whole life is wait a minute. That. You went to that show? They were only there one time. Yep, and I was there, and I met my wife at the Center Bar. Strangers. If she was if she was as far away as you are from me, I wouldn't have met her. She was right next to me. She went to a concert. John Cougar ripped the stub, threw it in a barrel. They picked her name out of a barrel. To buy a ticket, she went by herself. I rolled in with my crew of three, four guys. We pounded the center bar, threw down shots, got ready for the show. My shoulder and her shoulder touched each other. We turned around and talked. I said, hold on. I'll come get you. 
She was in the balcony by herself, a school teacher, just moved out here, really didn't know anybody. I went to the front row. Jack Nicholson, Brad Pitt, Gene Simmons, Eddie Murphy, all around me, kind of like you at the fight in the front row. And I told my buddies that day, I said, I got to go to the balcony and get this girl. I have a feeling. And I went all the way up, grabbed her hand, brought her all the way down to the front row as Sheryl Crow was singing, wow. Will She Make You Happy? Yeah. And then Mick comes out, start me up. And we, that was in February. Oh we were engaged that Christmas and married the following September. That was a hard ticket to get. It was before me in town. What was that? What year was that? Like 99? It was 1998 when we went to that yeah. show. And the key to that show was they were playing 70,000 seats the entire tour. Right. And the last night they played the this VIP party. Wow. And I got it through my mentor. It was a long story in my book, The Handoff. But so you love the Stones. You love go to concerts. Stones. And that connects us too. Yeah, I, I flew across the country to see him in uh, Washington at FedEx Field. And it was it was miserable, though. It was so hot. It was, was it? It yeah. was like a, it was 98 degrees. It was 110 in the bowl. And, and even though I had second row seats there, it was great. And I had a great time but uh I, I had i did have tickets for philly and i had tickets for uh the meadowlands august 5th I, i'm probably not going i'm probably not going to go it, it was that miserable the humidity i don't miss the humidity so it was so bad but yeah so i did fly across the country got to see the stones um how did we come across on, on this topic i don't remember but um yeah <laughs> that's, so that's, that's that, what good radio that's, is we're well, just I'm talking spontaneous just i just i, I just it. talk I, I never have anything prepared but we were talking notes. about preseason football yeah. and how guys would go around trains getting information so oh, information. it's information yeah. for preseason in football and who's going to play Twitter. in these games and yeah. what are the max you can bet on this you can't pound it the other way how do they regulate these lines on a preseason yeah game? no it's it's uh, last season the lines were moving around so much that I'm hoping this year uh, that same thing the first week or two I was actually able to get down some decent money five ten thousand on games believe it or not it might be a little bit tougher now uh, because last year I was betting games like I bet the Jets plus six and a half they closed minus one and a half so I mean these games are moving eight points and they move seven eight points you you're going to see it, too. You'll see when the lines come up. You'll see when the lines close. Just track it. You'll see how much, you know, the wise guy moves are on. And I'm on a lot of those moves. I'm, you know, it's hard to just bet one casino. So I have my apps out trying to bet all the casinos. It's very difficult to get down uh, large sums of money. But the, there is some big edges, if you know, especially on the first halves, which are the easier bets to win. But a lot of the casinos don't like booking the first half. Are you into season totals it. this time of year? Are you waiting Last to watch some of these teams? Of Last year I had a ton of season totals. This year I didn't do any yet. I Primarily, I really don't like tying up my money for the whole year. Um, yes, I, I think there's that. other ways to do it. Uh, however, there is some huge. At, last year, I went under on the on the Buffalo Bills under seven wins, and it went down to six wins. So the value is so much. You should bet uh, under on stuff if you know which way the lines are going to go. If you get good grips, I didn't do anything yet. Uh, my NFL guy Warren Sharp was a very sharp guy. Uh, he he um, he hasn't given me any NFL season win totals yet. Um, there's some great props I noticed in the casino this morning. I noticed Canner has some really good props on different things. And the look-ahead games are interesting. You want to bet uh, the San Diego Chargers week seven? You can go bet at week seven. That is something that was never done before up until the last few years. So uh, with, with the legalization of sports betting in so many different jurisdictions, I think we're up to 15 or 16 now. Chicago just said that's mm -hmm. going to be huge. Chicago is going to have a, Illinois in general. Hawthorne Racetrack is getting points bet. Uh, the, the, the Rivers is getting some. There's going to be a lot of sports betting guys. And, you know, just like I said on action, I just didn't expect it to happen yet. I said eventually New Jersey will pass Nevada. Sure enough, it did pass Nevada in, in May. 
But the key to this is Nevada still beat last year's numbers. It's creating a new niche. It's a new market of sports bettors that didn't bet before that are going to be coming to Vegas, too. This town don't have to worry. Bill Krakenberger, as we wrap it up. Now, here's a big one for me. I'm a content provider. Today, we have on handicappers, the best of the best. And what I'm concerned about is there are a lot of people out there that have never gambled before or they're just small-time players and they're tuning in or looking online to get information, and they're getting it from people who, A, don't have a bankroll, B, don't have a track record, but they claim to be an insider for whatever reason because of who they're hired from, what they're on, what platform they're on. What advice can you give to people that want to get in and start gambling and betting football, but they don't know who to lock in with, who are the best of the best. How do they find them? Yeah, just just like I said on Action 2, there's a lot of charlatans and snake oil salesmen, especially with gambling Twitter out there. These guys are saying they're, you know, I'm 13-2 and two or 28-2. and two, 20. I mean, who, who, who tracks them? Who monitors them? You have to have a proven record of something. Uh, I understand the, the side of it now, though, now that I have the Crack Wins app. I understand it. You know, you're, you're actually sitting there at home and just guessing off the newspaper or a commentator on TV rather have, rather than have someone that works 30, 40, 50 hours a week for you. I understand it, but the problem is everyone's claiming they're winners. Everyone's claiming right. that. And uh, it scares me, especially these new ju- jurisdictions where these people didn't even bet sports before. Now they want to bet sports, and now they're seeing all these guys on billboards that are having you know claims that are unrealistic. It's a sad thing. Are they going to be able to clean that up down the road? Because we know, and living in Vegas, we know who are the sharpest of the sharps and who have it. But even the sharp ones don't put up every win and every loss. You get an idea if they put out a pick or if you're subscribed to them and they have a really great week or a bad week. You hear about it. The news spreads in town. But for the people who don't have the bankroll, who continue to tell you how great they are, if they don't have a bankroll and they don't have a track record that we can look at every day, you talk about these charlatans. They're yeah. growing. They're growing by leaps and bounds. You should be betting 1% to 2%. I know it sounds crazy. 1% to 2% of your bankroll. So if you have 1000 bucks. Really, you're supposed to bet $20 a game. Is it going to happen? Absolutely not. You're going to go in. You're probably going to put your whole bankroll in action. But that's called gambler's ruin. You R-U-I-N. That is how you lose your bankroll oh, you know, overall. So that's going to happen with 99% of the people. No one's going to change. We're creatures of habit. It's actually uh, it's actually something that's a, it's, it's like a, a sickness. You do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. It, it, it's, it's, it's insane, but it happens every day in every one of these casinos. Just walk through one of the local casinos and look at the people playing Keno. They're victims. They're total victims. Look at them. They're like mesmerized mummies playing Keno. And they can't help themselves. They just they do the same thing over and over again, hoping for that big score. That's what gives them the draw. They see someone else hit it. Or maybe they hit something big one time and they're chasing that high, just like a junkie chases his first high. Give us, without the name, an example of a perfect sports gambler who can handle their bankroll, walk away when they lose, and get on a really good roll and start pounding people and win money. An example is someone who handles everything to the best that you've seen. Wow, is this a plug for me? Yeah, that oh. well, set you up beautifully. Oh, really? Yeah. I? I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty humble, though. I don't like to brag on myself. I'm weird like that. Uh, you know, I, I do. I bet. When I make a bet, I make another bet, make another bet. I don't even watch the games. I get the results at the end of the night, grade them. And, you know, it's not like I'm betting uh, just to have fun or have some fun with my friends. I I, I bet to put put food on the table. I bet for my family. This is what I – I don't even consider myself a gambler. Someone said something to me recently back east. He said, you're the gambler that gambles without gambling. I I mean, uh, this is a a very serious thing to me. Um, Unfortunately, I've been getting thrown out of a lot of places uh, recently. So it's harder and harder to make money. Uh, I was – 
back east recently, and, and, and a couple of the big places are limited to me to little nothing, $200, $300, and which is not worth it. That's why I actually turn to the app, and maybe they, a bunch of people can beat it uh, in, instead why of Why would uh, they me. turn you away with your business and the fact that I have no idea. you have a— I, explain I, I, that it, to me. I haven't heard I, about I, this. You, you, you'd have to ask some of these CEOs of the companies that do it. I, I don't know. I, I, why throw me out? Why, why throw me out when you can learn from me? Listen, I only want to take a. I only want to bet. If you want to limit me or throw me out because you have a small volume, you have small volume. Just limit me. Limit me to five hundred dollars a play. Yes, I want to bet five thousand. Bet me. Let me take take my five hundred dollar bet. Learn from me. If you call me a winner, well then. Take my bet and move the game, or better yet, over-move the game, and put the customers on the opposite side of me. But no, these big corporations, some of them, uh, which I'm not going to name, I've been really good at not naming them lately, um, they actually just want to take bets from the suckers and the guys that come on, and they come in, and they want to bet favor and over. And by the way... We're going to put our lines half a point higher. So if you want to bet the Patriots, it's seven everywhere. It's seven and a half with us. If you want to come in and bet it, enjoy yourself. And if I want to come in and bet it, Bill Krakenberger, and take the seven and a half, I'm the arch enemy. I'm their kryptonite. It's not fair. Please keep coming back. This is the best podcast radio in town. I had nothing to do with it. You're a brilliant guest. I love having you on your radio and podcast gold. What is next for you? What's going to happen in your calendar the next two weeks? What are you ready to pounce on? Well, I'll tell you, the preseason football I'm getting very excited to do. Um, I, there's some talk about action season two. Uh, if we have a season two, and even if not, I'm going to be putting up a pretty big challenge to anyone that sells games. They want to go against me for the whole season. We'll, we'll pick 10 games a week uh, for 20 weeks, and we'll, we'll, whoever gets the money, whoever gets the most games win, wins the money. You have to sell games. If you sell games, come on, put your money up. I'm not afraid doing of you. Those, not doing those charlatans don't want to go near you in a contest I'm not doing like it for that. less than a quarter of a million. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it for $100,000. I'll, I'll put up a quarter of a million. I'll put up a million dollars, a million bucks. Anyone wants to go head-to-head? You sell games, you got it here first. I've said it on VEASAN once, though. Uh, you got it here first. I said it last year, season on VEASAN. This is the first season. This is the first time this year. I'm looking for action to do that for me. We'll do, you know, to not, not to put the money out. I'm looking for them to promote that a little bit. Um, listen, if you sell games and you say you're the greatest, let's do it. Put your money where your mouth is. Isn't it great to beat Bill Krakenberger? Isn't it great to say you beat me? I think it would be an honor to beat you. Let's and the pros of the pros got to do it. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.